Oh, man. Okay, moving on. Uh, the next question up is sex before marriage. Why is it wrong? Well, Wyatt, I was listening to something the other day. It was a panel discussion, and the facilitator was asking the panelists this very question about living together and about sex before marriage. And one of the panelists answered the question. I was like, man, he nailed it. So nailed it. And um, so uh, here's what this person said. He was saying, and this was about living together and experiencing sex before marriage. He said, it is the man's responsibility to lead the woman to Christ. Mm. To shepherd her heart, to encourage and nurture her faith and trust in God. It's his responsibility. So to be living outside of the commitment of marriage and experiencing sex outside of the commitment of marriage is in no way leading her toward Christ. Mm. In fact, it's using her for his own personal gratification. I don't care how agreeable or um, mutual the relationship is. The truth of the matter is he is using her for his own sexual gratification. They are pretending to be something that is not. And don't think for a moment that the holy God of the universe will not hold you accountable for that. And I was like, drop the mic. I mean, yeah, said it as clearly as it can be. And I got to thinking, uh, so one of the premier passages about you know, sexual purity in marriage and in amongst Christians is First uh, Thessalonians four, and you know it says it is God's will that you be sanctified. So it's God's will that you live your life in a in a deportment that reflects the nature of sacredness. It's God's will that you be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality in whatever expression it is, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen, the person who has no place for God, who does not know God. And then here's, here's, the, here's a really important line. And that in this matter of sexual behavior, in this matter... No one should wrong his brother or sister or take advantage of him. Mm. And some translations render that passage as um, do not defraud. And what the passage is teaching Christians is that sex outside of the bond of marriage is the perpetration of fraud. Yeah. You are portraying yourself to be something and taking something from somebody that does not belong to you. And that's what fraud is. I portray myself as being a legitimate business interest. I take what doesn't belong to me. I take your money and I run with it. 
and I deceive you into thinking that I'm trustworthy to have this important possession that, that you own. And that's the same thing that's happening when sex is enjoyed outside of marriage, and particularly when two people are living together and pretending. Um, marriage, in God's eyes, is a covenant, and anything that is um, a fake rendition of that covenant is not pleasing to God, and it's a form of fraud. And so... Um, if a man or a woman is honest before God, again, it doesn't matter how popular it is in society that couples have sex outside of marriage and that they live together before they get married or are never married. Um, it doesn't matter how popular it is. It doesn't matter how many other people are doing it. In the eyes of the holy God, it's fraud. You, you are stealing something from somebody that's not yours to be had, and that's a child of God. That's a person that has value to God, and you, you will pay a dear price for that. What's most upsetting is that, like, people try to justify it or say that it's not sin, that, that, that is the thing that's most upsetting to me. It's like, you know, people have made their mistakes. I've made my mistakes, and I've sat there and I've said, like, yeah, I messed up. Like, or, you know, yeah. what, no matter what it was, I messed up. I didn't try to justify it. Uh, but a lot of the people now who do justify it. Um, and that, to me, that's the most upsetting thing is like, well, come on. Like, well, do you think God, do you think, like, do you believe in God? Are you follower of Christ? Yes. There's no justification to be had. And you think it's arbitrary. I, you know, it, I know earlier you said, like, well, it's not just about following a rule. It's like, you can't, you can, you know, there's better ways of looking at it. But at the end of the day, that's all it needs to be. Yeah. Like, he could have just said it. And at the end of the day, like, regardless of how arbitrary you think it is, um, yeah, so ma so many people operate under thinking they have everybody else fooled. Yeah, but they answer to God, and God won't be fooled. So, to just continue headlong into what you know God deems as inappropriate and immoral is to simply thumb your nose at God. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you think or say. And there's consequences for that. There's very real emotional, physical, spiritual, and, and eventually eternal consequences for that. And that is not to scare people into not having sex outside of marriage. It's, it's, it's to raise the seriousness of what that all means in relationship to your profession of faith. And it raises the sacredness of what it is. That, yeah. Like you're going to care about the thing more. Yes. If you respect it yes. and to, and to not just walk all over it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, this kind of falls in with living together before marriage, because let's be real. How often do you live together before marriage? And you're not also doing that too. Um, not very many people can pull that off. But what's interesting is that uh, I think the divorce rates are already like 50% right now. 
So you already have like a 50-50, okay? Yeah. If you lived together before, cut it in half again. Yeah. And people think that it's, you always say like, well, I just, you know, I want to, you know, see what it's like living with this person before. Like I pull the trigger and it's like, you're just being, you're a coward. Yeah. You're just not pulling the trigger. It's not, it's not, you don't think that you're being logical. Yeah. It's not what you're doing because there's no proof to show that that helps. Yeah, what you're doing is establishing a foundation that's really built on a lack of trust and disrespect for each other. Mm-hmm. And you're not experimenting with living together in anticipation of being married. What you're doing is modeling for each other that this is sort of disposable. Yeah, that if something else comes along, yeah. it's better. And so you end up getting married, but what you've done is created an expectation that um, if I don't like this, I can get out of it. Well, now you're married and you just don't like it, and so you get out of it. So that's why the the divorce rate is so exceptionally high in those situations. And, you know, what's curious to me is this just isn't a teenager 20-something thing. I see it all the time in adults. Um, I watch... Again, because of my, the role that I play as pastor, I'm just, I get front row seats into people's lives. And it's, it's amazing how common it is among adult Christians who go through a divorce. They, you know, spend a couple of months kind of recovering from all that and they get back in the dating scene and they meet somebody and they think, oh, this is a wonderful person, but they got all sorts of reservations about not getting married because the previous one was such a wreck. But they essentially live together and they have, they have sexual, they share sexual intimacy with each other and they're just, and they justify it in their mind, well, we're consenting adults. And not like, it's not like I'm 16, I'm 47, right? And you're going, okay, still wrong still outside of God's design, still contrary to the very specific instructions of the scripture, and you're, you're wounding your soul. And I, I'm amazed at how popular or how common that is. Yeah, I feel, like it's even, I feel like it's even harder for them just because they do have that. Well, I'm, you know, I've lived the past 20 years of my life with the, yeah, and somebody I was, else. I was life. miserable, and now I'm, I'm a big person. I can make my own choices, and I'm choosing to do this with a different person I go still outside of God's design and you know that's 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 the part where as the you know the preacher you, you, it's kind of maddening it they're not going to listen to you it, it just comes across as the preacher but the preacher the shepherd whatever the word is 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 still just beckoning you don't don't mess around with God's design and his instructions because the consequences are severe. Yeah. You know, and if they admit like, hey, I know that I'm living in sin and that I'm just kind of, like you said, throwing my nose at God or my thumb at God, well, then I can't, there's not a whole lot more for me to say, you know? Yeah. But yeah. like, at least admit it, like own up to it. Um, you know, I had to learn a long time ago. I, I, so I started Cibolo in 1996, and probably 10 years into it, I was feeling the burden of, you know, being the pastor of this church I had started, and and I was feeling a little overwhelmed and borderline burnout. 
and I, I got away for a while, and I, I remember thinking through, I, okay, I got to make some decisions that will help me be, help me to live a more sustainable pace through this. And one of the decisions I made is um, I can't make other people's choices for them. Mm -hmm. I can do my very best as a shepherd to provide information and direction and guidance. But at the end of the day, if they're adults, I, I can't be responsible for their decisions. And if I owned every decision adults made that I discern to be reckless to their spiritual health and well-being i mean i would have been out a long time ago because it's it's you just see it all the time and um and particularly in in these kinds of situations uh, there's no denying it sexual intimacy sex is a powerful experience and the desire for it the longing for it and the benefits and the the pleasure that comes from it is powerful. But getting people to respect it within the confines of God's instructions is, it seems almost impossible. Yeah. And I just had to decide, you know what, I, I, can, I can make the recommendations and provide some perspective, but at the end of the day, they have to live with what they choose. Very true. We hope you enjoyed this presentation of Cibola Creek Community Church. If you did, please consider supporting the ministry of our church. Your donations make a difference. To check out more resources or to share a gift, please visit us at CibolaCreek.com. Thanks for listening.